Hello, Pioneering Today podcast listeners. I'm really excited for today's episode. Um, I know it's the first of the year, and a lot of you, if you're anything like me, even though I try to be really good on my budget for Christmas, I tend to sometimes blow it just a little bit. So if you're looking at the first of the year, and if getting your budget on track, and just getting your finances and your life is in order, then yay, you're going to love today's episode. I have a special guest with me today, which is new for us. And we are visiting with Ruth. And Ruth runs a little website that you may have heard of before called livingwellspendingless.com. And I first ran into Ruth online probably about a year and a half ago. Um, I see her stuff all over Pinterest and I followed some great little some pins through to her website and she has some great you know she does recipes and ways to do frugally couponing and that kind of a thing but I have to say the thing that really drew me in about Ruth was where she tells her story on Amazing Grace and her journey through depression and how God brought her out the other side and brought healing. And so it was actually her personal story. Um, I love the frugal parts and those tips, but it was her personal story of what God has done in her life and redeemed through a hard part for her to share to others. It really touched my heart and kind of had me stick around <laughs> um, <laughs> to get to know her to more. And so for those of you who haven't been to her website, I kind of would like to ask Ruth to explain what, what does living well, spending less really mean? Well, you know, I started my blog um, back in 2010 with not really the noblest of purposes. I well, spending too much money and shopping too much. And my husband and I were fighting a lot about money, excuse me. And I just needed to find a way to hold myself accountable. We kind of had agreed that something had to give and um, we needed to go on a tighter budget. And so instead, I needed something to fill my time instead of shopping and needed a way to hold myself accountable. So I started my blog, Living Well, Spending Less. And when I started it, my goal was just simply to figure out a way to still get all the stuff I still wanted without paying as much for it. And so I started using coupons because I figured the less I spent on food, the more I could spend on shoes. And, um, you know, it really it just kind of grew out of there. But, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And it was through my blog as I started writing about ways of living well on a budget and started trying to really work to stretch my stretch my dollars I realized that there was a lot of stuff that I didn't want and didn't need in my life and that I was pursuing the wrong things. And so, you know, I went through this journey kind of publicly, very publicly, um, and eventually realized that the good life to me is not a life filled with stuff. It's a life that is rich with family, friends, faith, and hospitality and creativity. And so, those are the things that are really the most important to me. And, you know, as I prayed for God to change my heart, he really answered that prayer. And I've just found so much more contentment in living well on less and with less. Um, and it doesn't mean that, you know, that I don't spend money or that I, you know, that everything is frugal this, frugal that. Um, it just means that I'm much more intentional with the way that I spend my money and also, seeking something that is not so much based on what we have as who we are. I, yeah, I, I love that. And 
I think, too, what I really like is because a lot of my, my listeners and my website is I'm geared towards more modern homesteading, you know, so, you know, growing your own food, raising our mm-hmm. own livestock, you know, canning and all of that stuff, which is can be frugal in its own, but it can also be expensive, actually, <laughs> when it comes to the livestock and everything. <laughs> yes. But but what I love is, you know, when you're in Florida, I believe, mm-hmm. and I'm in Washington State, and so even though, you know, I'm up in the, the mountains, you know, and you're, you know, more in a city environment, this really crosses over into anybody's life. It's, it's not mm-hmm. just this one, you know, set, you know, um, category, so to speak. And so I think that's what I really like, too, because, you know, um, last year, and I kind of went through a period where we were spending a lot, and it might not necessarily been on, on shoes per se, but it was just all of this stuff. And I didn't really need it. I thought I needed it. I thought it was going to make my life easier and it was going to get me more towards our, my goals and that kind of a thing. But I just took this moment and it's just really what you're saying. And, you know, God was, I, you know, is kind of like, um, you know, I'm always looking around and kind of wanting more. I think it's just a natural human thing that we look at mm-hmm. things and I'm like, okay, you know, well, maybe I don't want a new house, but, oh, I wish I, you know, I really love to update this. And if I had this flooring instead of this, yes. and he, he really just spoke to me, which I, and I was so grateful. And he said, you know, you have a mansion in heaven. So why are you worrying about this home down here and fretting, yes. you know, about finances and in ways? And I'm like you, I like to finagle ways to save money on one area to spend in another, which is kind of backwards. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and that's very true. It's, um, there, you know, and what what appeals to me and the things that call my name as in terms of stuff is not the same as what calls your name or anybody else's name. But I think we all have a tendency to do this. You know, there's people who think they're very frugal and they use coupons and they use this way of shopping with coupons as a way to fill a hole that's inside them and a void that's inside them. And so that's really um, what my blog speaks to, but especially my, my new book as well. Um, It speaks to just where, what is this hole inside of us that we're trying to fill with anything, but what will really fill us up and that for everyone it's different. Yeah. And I love that. I got to read a preview of, of the book and that was really, cause I was expecting, it's so funny cause I was expecting, and, and I do love this stuff. I don't want to discount it. I was really expecting, um, when I first got into it, that it was just going to be, you know, kind of like a list with like deeper explanations of, you know, ways to be frugal and to save money. Um, and that kind of a thing, which I was excited to read. And then when I opened it and you started sharing your story and how God moved in your life, I was really excited actually I was excited about the book before to be honest yeah. because I, I do like those try you know tips and that kind of a thing but when you started sharing your heart and how God had worked then I got really excited because you know it, it at the end of the day and the end of our lives it's what it comes down to is you know is what we've done with our life for God and what he's done through us when we allow him to and so I think it's so fabulous when people will share those stories because my faith in life is enriched when someone else shares what God has done with them. And so I think it's really fabulous that you shared that part of your testimony along with a hands-on stuff. So it's kind of married together in the book. It's very much a little of both. I offer a ton of really practical tips in the book um, between, you know, saving money on groceries and keeping your house clean and doing homemade cleaning products and um, setting up a budget. There's all sorts of QR codes in the book that give access to free printable downloads on my website. 
Um, and I try to really make it as accessible and practical as possible, but it's also very personal and real. And I, and I share a lot of just really, you know, hard stuff from my own life and the lessons that I've learned. And because I think, and I, and I talk about that in the very first chapter that all the practical tips in the world will not change your life. Um, and I can't change anyone's life. I'm not the one who changes hearts and only God can do that. So it only is going to come with prayer. And, um, that's, I can just give you a few pointers to help make things easier along the way. And I do try to do that, but I think ultimately you really have to feel it in your heart and hopefully it's a, it's a heartfelt book. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a little scary actually to put yourself out there like that and, and put your heart out on the line, but it's, it's, I'm just excited to see God work through it. And I really feel like I was called to write this book and share this story and, so it's it's exciting and scary all at the same time. <laughs> I know, it's so funny. I was going to ask you for scary because um, I'm in the midst of writing mine right now. And sometimes when you're – you, I know that the more honest and transparent we are about our struggles because everybody struggles, that the more mm-hmm. that I feel that we really reach people. Because I know people are really real with me and share like, okay, this is, this is really what's going on with me instead of kind of the pretty Pinterest picture that you see. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. But it is. It is scary. You know, I'm writing some of this stuff and I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to put this out there. Did you have those moments when you were writing? Yes, a lot of them. A lot of them. I mean, writing that book really um, broke me in a way where there were just days where I was on my knees just saying, God, I cannot do this. I am not worthy. I know that you have called me to write this book, but I don't think I can. I have nothing to say. I am not worthy of, of the message that you want me to give. And it was, um, I mean, I can just remember I was on, I was at actually at a conference in Austin and it, going back to my hotel room and, and just thinking I am so, I was in the midst of writing my book and I just was like collapsed on the floor and sobbed myself to sleep because I just felt like I could not do, possibly do this. Like I just didn't have it in me. And that process, it's so hard. And if you're in the midst of it, like I feel your pain. <laughs> Because it is, it is, you have to just, and I think there's a reason that they, you know, wait so long between writing the book and actually having it be published because you need like that time to recover and, and get yourself back together before you have to go into the part where you have to talk about it. And because you're so raw afterwards, it's like you've put your whole self out there and then you just want to retreat and pull back and kind of protect your, protect your heart and recover. And now, and then only to put it back out there again, because now it's out there for public consumption and who knows what, what other people will say about it. But yeah, it's been, it's definitely, um, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. So (laughs) I'm actually really relieved to hear that. (laughs) I'm so glad to hear you were in pain. Um, I had one of those moments last night, actually, I was sitting at the computer and I was crying and I had, you know, mascara running everywhere. Thank goodness the kids are already in bed. And so it's just kind of a relief to hear. Um, but You're totally I've... normal. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. It's funny, though, because I've noticed, you know, not everybody is going to be called to write a book. But I, I know whenever I'm going through a really hard spot is when God is really growing me. And so it's kind of a consolation almost, um, you know, to fill that pain stuff, to know that he's really working and he's going to use that to stretch me um, 
some way for his benefit and glory and ultimately then, you know, my own benefit too. Um, yes. So I'm glad I to hear that. It's funny that you say that because I've been reading um, just this week, I've been reading Hebrews, Hebrews 12 over and over again. And that's exactly, it's the verse where, um, you know, run the race that God has set out before you, but also God will discipline his children. And this is all of the hard things that happen to you is discipline, just like a father disciplines his children because he loves them. And that is how you grow. And that's exactly it. And I just keep reading that over and over because I'm like, okay, God, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> this is my race. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is hard. It is tough to put yourself out there for sure. And, and I have a lot of author friends who have I've also written books and I think that process of just being broken is completely normal and and of feeling like everything you write is awful and self-doubt it all comes in there and it is it's Satan coming in there to question you and and so just keep going powering through it and and just know that this is this is what you're supposed to be doing and it's totally normal <laughs> that's that's good to hear <laughs> um, so I want to talk um, a little bit to give you guys um some, you know, concrete tips, too, on getting our budget back on track. You know, we're at the first of the year, and I tend to do a lot of, um, I don't really do New Year's resolutions anymore, per se, but I like to have, like, one um, goal or something that I focus on. So um, I think this is a great thing to kind of jumpstart our year. So what do you think is the hardest thing about sticking to a budget? Oh, Actually, following through on it for me, I would say, is the hardest thing because um, I think that, I think it's easier to stick to a budget when you when money is tight um, and you have to. Mm -hmm. What's harder for me is you know that the last couple of years have been have been good to us, and my husband and I are in a financial situation where we are completely debt free. So our expenses, we don't have a mortgage payment anymore. Our expenses have gone way down. And to have the discipline to still stick to a budget, even when we could spend more, I think for me is the most difficult um, because I know that that money is not, is not my money and that what I do with it really does matter. And so um, trying to, you know, say, okay, just because I want it doesn't mean I need it and um, understand that difference between a, a want and a need and, and having the discipline to stick with it. And I can't say that. I always do that perfectly because I certainly don't, <laughs> but that I would say is the biggest challenge for me. But I think it's, it's different for other people. There's for other people who are really struggling to get by and pay, pay your bills. It's, it's knowing how to budget so that it actually covers everything. And, um, but again, that can, can sometimes come down to needs and wants to mm -hmm. do and what we define as needs and wants. Yeah. I think too, a lot of times, um, you know, I will think that I need something, but when I really closely examine it, then mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, no, it, it is, it's really a want. I can cloak it as a need, but, it, <laughs> but it's, it's yes. really a want. And yeah. so, yeah, I agree. I think it's really important to really examine it. And is it truly a need need or is it a want need? Right. I think sometimes some items can kind of straddle that. Right. Because when it really comes down to it, we need so little there, you know, we need to have food and something to wear, but not a lot of things. We certainly don't need as many things as we can say clothes are a need, but I'm sure most of us have far more than we actually need. Um, oh, yeah. 
And again, even with food, we probably have far more than we actually need to get by and to live a healthy life. And so, you know, when you're really looking at, okay, want versus need and how comfortable do I want to live? I mean, that's, those are choices and discussions that you definitely have to have. But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really agree. In fact, it was really funny this summer, um, and because we do have, you know, we have our own laying hens, and so I, you know, have my own eggs, and in the summertime, we do a pretty large garden, and so really, I don't need to go to the grocery store for fresh produce. Um, we don't have a, a dairy animal yet, so I don't have our own milk and cheese, that kind of thing, but... So this summer I did kind of a little experiment and so I tried to go the whole month and only do one grocery shopping trip and I tried to do all of our meals off of, you know, what we were growing and which in the summertime it's a lot easier to do per se. Mm-hmm. But it was really interesting because I had really gotten in the habit of um and even doing menu plans of cooking what I wanted, you know, what sounded mm-hmm. good so I would go through, oh yeah, this is one of our favorites, we'll do this and this and this. Yeah. And so when we kind of committed to it, um it was really eye-opening because I had to make what I had available to me. And so there mm-hmm. was one morning I remember I really wanted to make, I had a ton of zucchini. So I'm like, well, I'm going to make some zucchini muffins and that can be snacks and breakfast or whatever. But I needed eggs to do it. And um, and I didn't have enough. And so I had to go out to the chicken coop. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, if there's no eggs, then I'm not going to be able to make my recipe. I'm going to have yeah. to pick something else. And so it was really eye-opening. And it was um, it was quite one of those great moments because um, I opened the chicken coop door and there was exactly enough eggs to oh, make wow. it had been laid. And so it was kind of cool because I felt like God had really provided. But I'm like, this is what it means to really rely on God for everyday needs and I don't really do that most of the time. Like I said, we just did this for a kind of an experiment during the summer. It's not our everyday life, but it really gave me that eye opening of, um, you know, that a lot of what we, what I do, even in my cooking is more wants than it actually is need. And, and while Mm -hmm. I don't want to be at that point where, you know, where I'm we're struggling so much that you're, can't put food on the table. Um, it did really open my eye to that. Even a lot of my grocery shopping, if I really get Mm -hmm. down to it, is still based on want and not need. Right. Yep. And we, and we do that actually several times a year, not several times a year. We try, we try to do it once or twice a year is do a whole month of no spending and pantry challenge where we just eat what's on hand in our freezer and in our pantry. And, you know, we do still, we don't have chickens. Um, so we have to go to the store for eggs and milk (laughs) and bread. Those are the three things that we can get. But then the rest of the time we try to just eat what we have. And it's so good for us because, and especially when we pair that with a spending freeze and um, because it just makes us take a step back and reassess and think and realize that we already have so much more abundantly than we could possibly ever ask for or want or need or need. And um, it's just to kind of take that in and appreciate that a little bit more. So we usually try to do it in October and then again in January. So I don't, I haven't talked to my husband and asked him if he wants to do it this year, but (laughs) we'll see. We might wait till February (laughs) this year. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear I'm not the only one who does stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) I think my poor husband is like, you want to do what? (laughs) Yeah. So what are your, your best tips for getting back on a budget? If one, if, you know, like if you've never been on a budget or if the holidays just kind of snuck in and you got off your budget? Um, well, doing the spending freeze is definitely my, the first thing I would do is just, I think sometimes, 
especially during the holidays, we can get into this mode of spend, 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 where you're just like throwing money out. Okay, I need this. Oh, and then I forgot a gift for this person. Oh, and I forgot a gift. That's mine because I love to give gifts. And so I'll make my list and I'll make my budget and I'll think that I have everything covered. And then I'm like, oh, but I really like that person and I didn't get her a gift. So I won't go out and get another gift. And I... You know, like that's what I do. And then I get into, for me as a spender, I get into a mode where it just becomes like natural and it feels good and I like it and I'm buying nice things for people and it's making them happy. So I just want to keep doing it. And um, so that's why for me, the spending freeze and for people who are like me who get into that mode, um, just going like cold turkey. It's almost like for an addict where you just go cold turkey and say, okay, I am not going to spend anything this month. I'm only going to pay my bills that have to be paid. And I'm going to eat what we already have on hand. We're not going to go out to eat at all. We're not going to, you know, spend on frivolous things and, and kind of do a reset. And I think that's the fastest and best way to get your budget back on track once you've kind of gone overboard over the holidays. Um, so by the spending freeze, so basically you mean like your mortgage, like any set payment that you have to make for the month. So you, you pay mm-hmm. your bills. You don't not yes. pay your bills. You don't just ignore your bills. Obviously, you still have to pay your bills, your mortgage and your utilities and credit cards or whatever you have to pay. Um, but anything else, you know, going out to eat or um, just any non-necessities. It's funny what that does is it makes us realize how many things we just pay for mindlessly without really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And on my site, I actually did um, this as a 31-day challenge um, a couple of years ago, and you can still go on my site and and find the whole challenge, which was 31 days of living well and spending zero. And I have thousands of people who do that same challenge every single month, but it gives you kind of ideas for every single day of what to do that's not spending money. And, you know, so the first week really focuses on meal planning and doing a pantry inventory of everything that you have on hand because a lot of people don't even realize you get into the habit of going to the grocery store every week or twice a week and you have all this food that you're not using. Um, so you do you do a pantry inventory and then the second week really focuses on cleaning your house from top to bottom because I think one, one thing that I'm guilty of is when my house gets messy, I want to leave my house and not be in the mess. <laughs> so... I go to the store, I go to Target and go and shop because it's not my house. And I go and buy, and this is like the most insidious thing about it. I go to Target and buy like organizing things to organize my house. (laughs) (laughs) And then I come back and I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this right now. I think I'll go to Target again. And it's like you think that if you buy the right bin or organizing tool, that's going to make your house better. Or, But what really does it is completely free and that's just buckling down and getting to work and actually like taking the time to clean up and pick it up so that's the second week and then the third week focuses on more creative type things like what can you do with the money and then the fourth week focuses on ways to make money um without you know just make to get things either get things for free or to make money um so that you have a little extra so it's a it's a pretty fun challenge a lot of people have done it and um it's just a great way to get your budget back on track 
for sure. Yeah. Kind of like an emergency intervention. <laughs> I love that. I, I do. In fact, anything um, that we're mentioning throughout the podcast, um, I'm going to be creating a free download with um, links right. to all of the different resources that are on Ruth's site, some articles, just different things like that. So you can access that. Just go to melissaknorris.com, click on the podcast button, and then this is going to be episode number 47. And so you'll be able to click on that. We'll have a transcript of the show, and then all of the fun extra goodies and resources will be available available for you there. So if you're listening to that, don't worry, you'll get um, easy access all done for you. Um, Just a little click of a button there because there's a lot of uh, good stuff. And so I don't want you guys to miss any of that to be able to do that. Um, So you have a group of people that do the 31 day challenge just kind of every month, like it's a rolling thing for anybody who wants to jump in. Um, Yeah, it's a rolling thing. People just do it though. They, I mean, there's no like official thing we have. I have um, a forum at lwsleveryday.com. Um, it's like a dollar a month to join or $10 a year to join. Um, and so a lot of people will join and you can get a free month. Um, if you do, if you're doing the challenge and there's a coupon code on that page, which I'm sure you'll include in your resource page. Um, but then when you, um, you can join the, the forum and you can connect with other people who are doing the challenge. And we've all, for probably the last two years we've probably had you know a couple thousand people doing it every single month so just different people not the same people I mean Mm -hmm. but I've had a lot of people who do it multiple times they just it's just a kind of a fun way to stay on track yeah for sure yeah that's (laughs) awesome I love that so definitely so doing the no spend freeze is a big thing and then cooking um, which is so fun because there's a lot of what, yeah, it's cooking from what, from what you have instead of going out, mm-hmm. you know, making meals, um, and that kind of a thing. Do you have any other, um, like one other really big point that you wanted to get to on um, the getting back on budget? Well, I would definitely say that, um, especially right after the holidays, you know, if you, um, have stuff that you don't need or have new, have accumulated a lot of more stuff, um, kind of going through and selling as much of your stuff as you can um, and to make some extra money, which is a really good, fast way to get your budget back on track. You know, especially if you have some bigger ticket items, maybe you got a new, you know, television for Christmas, well, then going and selling your old television to um, to make some money off of that and, and going through and inventorying your stuff and figuring out what you can do to kind of raise some cash as quickly as possible. Okay. I love that. Cause a lot of times, you know, when you see stuff on, on budgeting, um, you know, it is all about, you know, living more frugal, but sometimes if you are already on so tight of a budget that there really, you can't, you know, go any tighter. And I know, you know, there's been a few times where I've been at that point in my life. Um, and I, you know, and I know people there, they're like, I can't cut any more covers. You know, we are already, you know, bare bones as it is. So I like that you give ways that we can bring extra money into the budget because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times people are like, I can't, you know, squeak any more out of this. And so I think that's a fantastic thing to point out too, is there's ways that you can bring extra money into the budget, um, as well and to kind of get creative and and think about those. So I think that's, um, I think that's really fun. I love that. Um, so do you have like any absolute best way that you found to save money other than doing like the spending freeze or is it just kind of all roll into that? Um, you know, I think telling your money where to go is a really important way. For me, it's not, it's never been just like one surefire thing for a long time. I used coupons, Um, I don't really use a lot of coupons anymore, um, because I don't do the grocery shopping anymore. My husband has taken that over, but we do, 
follow um, the same methods that I used when I used coupons. The only a lot of people think coupons are what save you the money, but it, the it's really not. It's really more about buying things at their lowest possible price and then stocking up on them enough to last you until they go to that low price again. And so, you know, we're really careful about always buying things when they're on sale and we stock up and buy enough of them to last until the next sale cycle. And my husband's great about doing that and sticking to that. So our food budget stays pretty low. And then, you know, I think with, with budgeting, it's just a matter of, um, telling, really telling your money where to go and, and putting it into categories and taking the time to set a budget and, um, cash using cash really helps us um, because it's a lot harder to spend cash than it is credit cards. Um, it's a lot more painful to see those um, dollars go. It makes it a lot more real. Um, so using the cash envelope system, um, that's really helpful as well. Yeah. And it's so funny too, because um, I tend not to, I don't really use coupons because um, a lot of the stuff I buy just doesn't tend to have coupons, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's funny because I've always, I was always raised, my mom was, was very frugal. And so when it was time to go shopping for something that you needed, if you needed, you know, a new pair of shoes or clothes or whatever it was, we never, we, you always went to the clearance rack. Like you only mm -hmm. shopped off the clearance rack. That was kind of yes. our golden rule. <laughs> so I still do that. But the bad thing is, is I will look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like 60% off the lowest mark price. That is a huge amount of savings. Well, if I actually, and again, it comes down to if I need it, if I need the item, then yes, that's true. But a lot of times yes. I find I'm kind of guilty of buying it because it's such an awesome deal. Yes. And I think that is definitely, I talk about that a lot too, because I'm the same way. Like, oh, I'm going to buy this and it look how much money I'm saving. And saving is not spending or, or spending is not saving um, the other way around. And I, I actually talk about that in my book a little bit. Um, spending is not saving, which means that if you are buying something that you don't need, even if it's a great deal, you're still spending money on it. And so oftentimes you're better off, you know, being real intentional about the things that you need and maybe paying even more to get something that's really high quality, that's going to stand the test of time than to just looking for bargains and buying them because they're bargains and then they don't last or you don't really like them. So you end up buying something else, um, which I think is what many of us are guilty of, especially women with clothing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think that's a big one. We'll buy it on sale and then never wear it. It'll hang in our closet with the tags on forever because we didn't really like it, but it was a great deal. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really funny because I have been guilty of that in the past. Yeah. I've had clearance rack issues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So if you had to pick one Bible verse, um, and I know we actually kind of um, spoke about that a little bit earlier in the show, um, that God is using to speak into your life right now, what is that and why? Um, I would just say it's that verse from Hebrews, Hebrews mm -hmm. 12, um, where that is just has been speaking to me so much running the race that God has set out before you and keeping fixing your eyes on Jesus. And that is what keeps me going every morning. I, I reread those words and, and just try to keep, keep my eye on that. Cause it's very easy to get distracted. Um, I think in any aspect of life, but especially in this on world line life that we're on where you, it's so easy to look, look around you and try to see what everybody else is doing. Um, so just staying really focused on, on where God is leading me in, in this race that's been marked out for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That verse, um, 
That is a great verse. Not like there's any bad verses. I mean, really, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'm always amazed at how, you know, you've, I've heard, mo, you know, read the Bible through on my own and, and that kind of a thing. But it, there's certain times in our life where the Holy Spirit just brings a verse out. And even though you've heard it before, it just takes on new meaning for where you're at right then. <laughs> and I really love it when those moments happen, because for me, I know that's one way that God, you know, speaks to us. And so many times, just like, you know, you sharing that verse and um, every week on the podcast, I do kind of like a verse of the week, because I find that it's some people, someone will bring up one of those verses or I'll be reading it and on my own. And it's just, it just hits you. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those ones that it just kind of stays without you throughout the week. And when you're struggling, it just comes back to mind. And I feel like that's, you know, God, God is saying, look, look at this. This is for you right now. It just, um, yeah. So I love to hear what other, those verses from other people are that they're going through too, because it's such a way to minister to everyone. Um, and I'm so, thank you for coming on the show today. I'm, I was really excited to talk to you. for having me. It was great. (laughs) I have no problem chatting away. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm, I tend to be very chatty as well. Um, and so one of the features that um, I do on the podcast every book is is what I'm reading for the week. And of course, um, because we are doing Ruth's book, that is actually the book that I am reading. And so um, if you just want to share where everybody can grab a copy and the name and everything, um, then that, and I'll have a link to it as well in the show notes, because I know a lot of times people are listening when they're on the go. Um, so if later, but if you just would like to share that, I'd love to have that for everyone. Absolutely. My book is Living While Spending Less, 12 Secrets of the Good Life, and it is available wherever books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, um, Amazon. It's um, I think it's at Target as well. So um, any of those places, um, you can pick it up, um, christianbook.com, family Christian bookstores, any pretty much any bookstore or Christian bookstore, it should have should have it. Okay, awesome. It's also available for Kindle. And- I'm so glad that you guys listened with Ruth today. I hope that you check out um, her website and her book. And remember, you can grab all of the um, special things and resources that we've talked about are available at melissaknorris.com. Thank you so much for visiting with us, Ruth. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. This was great. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Happy New Year.